0: Yo, 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 I'm Dave Rubin, and it's the Rubin Report Direct Message for 11-2020, November 20th, 2020, and we are doing a Ask Me Anything live Q&A. I have not reviewed the questions, but you guys have been submitting questions at RubenReport.com, and I don't know what's in front of me. I got some papers here. They're going to put them up over there, and uh, we're going to see what happens. I do want to uh, put one trigger warning at the beginning of today's show, which is you might hear some banging and drilling and other such noise in the background of today's show because we're having higher fences and walls built at my house, uh, you know, because we live in strange times. So there's people out there. They had to do it now. We, we tried. We tried, and although my studio is soundproof here, the level of drilling and banging and cracking things, it's right out the window over here. There was just kind of nothing we could do. It seems like it stopped for the moment. It was going crazy a minute ago, so maybe we'll be okay. Uh, But yes, we do live in a strange time when I guess you got to have big walls. Apparently walls are, are necessary these days because of tolerance and diversity and decency. Uh, but before I get to the, uh, to the questions, and I, I think there's about 30 here, and I'm going to try. I know I can be a little long-winded sometimes, but I am going to try to do as many as possible. I do want to pull up one tweet real quick, because as you guys know, I'm here in uh, California, and our governor is Gavin Newsom, the man who uh, goes to parties, indoor parties, with groups of people over 10 and eats at $1,000-a-plate restaurants. Um, but is also trying to lock us down. He tweeted this out yesterday, and I wanted to cover it. He said, due to the rise in COVID-19 cases, California is issuing a limited stay-at-home order. Non-essential and work gatherings, I'm sorry, non-essential and gatherings must stop from 10 p.m. to 5 a.m. in counties in the purple tier. This will take effect at 10 p.m. on Saturday and remain for one month. Together, we can flatten the curve again. Okay, just real quick, guys. First off, to put a time cap on it. So from 10 p.m. to 5 a.m., I guess the virus can't do anything from 10 p.m. to 5 a.m., idiotic. Number two, this man has flaunted his own rules in our face. If you look at the responses to this tweet, and I highly recommend you do, thousands of people basically telling him he's a douchebag, which I fact check it, he is. And we should not be listening to these people anymore. You do what you think is right. But the same people in every one of these states and cities, Lightfoot in Chicago, and Cuomo in New York, and Newsom, and Gretchen Whitmore in Chicago, and everything else, they are living one way for themselves. And Nancy Pelosi's got a freaking ton of expensive ice cream in her freezer while they expect the rest of us to live another way. And people have absolutely just had it, and you know, I guess I'm a freedom extremist. That's what I am. I am a, a far right freedom extremist. Um, that is not to diminish COVID. We know that 97% to 99.5% of people who get COVID survive, uh, and we know that two major pharmaceutical companies have vaccines coming out that should affect about 95. Should take care of about 95% of the people. Um, but we've decided to destroy the world because of this thing because we've allowed these people to have power over us and it ain't working much longer. I don't like you, Gavin Newsom. I don't like you, Gavin Newsom. Okay, let's do some Q&A. Oh, and by the way, this is casual Friday here at the Rubin Report. I just went with a regular, regular person shirt today instead of the fancy shirt and jacket that I normally wear. Okay, Molly says, maybe you've covered this already, but I'm curious about your thoughts on the recent Candace Owens commentary on Harry Styles and the Vogue Cover So I actually haven't talked about it and I didn't even tweet about it. I saw all hell breaking loose for a couple days about it. Every time I see one of my friends tw- uh, trending on Twitter, I'm like, oh God, what now and do I have to get involved? So that happens with Shapiro a lot. I see Ben Shapiro will be like the top trend on Twitter and 99% of the time it's because he said something very obvious but then they tell him he's racist. And then it always happens with Candace too. She says something that basically is right and true. and something we all know, but then they try to frame it as if she's some sort of crazy right-wing maniac. So in essence, what happened was Harry Styles was on the cover of Vogue magazine and Harry Styles was in a dress. And I guess there's a bunch of pictures of him in these big sort of over the top, I can see them there and you can check them on Twitter, these big over the top, ridiculous dresses. And in essence, Candace said that she likes men who are men and she's uh, happy to have a husband who acts like a man and all that. Now, without whittling down to what I know is true about Candace, that she wants people to be whoever they are, the idea that that women want men who act like men, that's pretty much true and we all kind of know it. And by the way, that also is true in the gay community. In the gay community, the idea of straight acting is thought of as sort of the best thing that you can be. Very few gay guys are like, can I find the queeniest guy ever? But, but putting aside the gays for a second, and of course it's up to personal choice. But the average woman, does the average woman want a guy who acts like a guy who, or who sort of acts like an asexual eunuch? Well, we know what the answer is to that. And by the way, there's biological. And, and evolutionary reasons for that, hunter-gatherers, men had to be out there hunting for food and the women were home taking care of the home. These are not bad things and on top of the biology that sits on top of that. But of course it was, it was brought out that Candace hates gay people, she doesn't like effeminate men, all of these things. But it's like, if you're a woman, just if you're a woman watching this, and I think we've got close to 50-50 male-female on this show, if you're a woman watching this, what, what kind of guy do you like? Do you like a guy who, seems like a guy and, and, you know, who I guess potentially works out and takes care of himself and blah, blah, blah. Or do you want a guy that's like, oh my God, your purse is fierce. Like, which guy do you want? I'm not even judging, actually. Everyone should be with whoever they want. But her simple point was most women want that. And I happen to know her husband, George. They were here for dinner a couple of weeks ago. He's, he's a good guy and she likes the fact that, that he can take after her. Take care of her. And that's that's actually pretty good. So everyone's entitled to their own theories on this. But of course, the ridiculous backlash to a simple statement that we all know is basically right. That's just media 101. Uh, Jackie says, wondering the next step after the press conference yesterday, do we know when these specific allegations about Dominion will be taken to court? So we don't know yet, but, but as I've been saying, the rubber has got to meet the road kind of soon here because they're running out of days here. And d- I believe it's December 13th is the day that uh, the elections have to be certified by. So they've got a limited amount of time before they can present these cases. I do want to address um, the comments by Tucker Carlson last night, because every all hell was breaking loose. Because Tucker Carlson basically was saying, Sidney Powell hasn't provided evidence yet. We, we've asked her to, pro, uh, to provide evidence, and she hasn't. Now, Sidney Powell has already come out this morning saying that they offered the, the Carlson show, Tucker. They offered some affidavits and some level of evidence, but the broader point that she keeps making, and all the lawyers are making this, and anyone that's sort of sensibly thinking about these things, you don't do this all in the court of public opinion. If you're building a case, imagine you're building a murder case, you're building the O.J. Simpson murder case. Do you just keep leaking out little bits of evidence and information, especially to a media that you know is completely against you, or do you hold it all so that you can actually present it when it really matters? Of course, the answer to that is the latter. Now, I'm not saying Sidney Powell has the evidence. Is she lighting her whole career on fire? Like is she gaslighting herself and destroying her career and her personal life and everything else? And is that what Rudy Giuliani is and uh, doing? And, and Jenna Ellis, who's the other Trump lawyer, like is that what they're doing? That seems kind of bizarre to me, uh, but perhaps they're doing it. So yes, we need to see evidence. I think the courts will see it soon, and then we will see what happens from there. But I, I saw a lot of people sort of turning on Tucker last night because he was demanding evidence. But I actually think what Tucker probably was doing, in essence, was saying, hey, we need to see evidence because once you see evidence, then we could say, okay, we've got it, and now this is real and tangible and everything else. So I sort of think he was kind of leading her in a weird way so that when the evidence drops— unless Sidney Powell is completely insane and Rudy's insane and everything else, that the evidence will actually feel more valuable. It'll feel more tangible and bigger and real. So that's kind of so so everyone calm down on attacking Tucker for a little bit and and calm down on attacking Sidney Powell. Let's just let let the let the system work. Let the system work. Uh, Jim says Can you see yourself voting for the Democrats if they move more to the center? I don't think this will happen, but if it did. Well, look, I was a lifetime Democrat. I voted almost exclusively for Democrats in every election until this past one. Um, Could I see myself voting for Democrat? Well, I don't consider myself a Republican in that regard. Like I'm not a card carrying member of the Republican party. Am I obviously much more in line with the right and conservative values? And do I think that conservatism is now conserving liberalism? I do. Is there any chance in high hell that the Democrats are going to come out of this thing and be more center? Or is there any energy towards the Democrats coming to the center as opposed to going off the deep end with the left? I don't think so. Uh, Biden this morning was tweeting about the epidemic of violence against trans black women. And he cited 37 deaths. And that's not an epidemic. That's not to diminish uh, the deaths that have occurred. But also he doesn't want to talk about who killed them. Right? Because that might not fit the narrative. Um, but like that sort of thing, just key, that continual need to lead us down that identity politics road, it's an all encompassing way of looking at the world. It's a worldview. So is there any chance that a moderate Democrat could, could defeat that thing? I simply don't think so. I think it's a, it's a honorable position if you are a liberal and you still want to fight from in that side. But as I've said many times, I think if you're an honorable liberal, you got a much better chance of surviving and thriving if you if you build some bridges with the scary conservatives because they're open, they happen to be friendlier and nicer, and they don't care about your differences. And one side's just trying to take you out for it. Uh, Megan says, "Are you convinced, as some others, that there is widespread orchestrated fraud?" Well. This is a hard question to, to answer because I do believe that extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. I got that line from Carl Sagan, who was uh, one of the greatest science communicators we've ever had, who uh, most of you, if, if you know Carl Sagan, you, you should know him uh, from from many of his books. Uh, but most people know him, that he was the author. His one fiction book was, uh, was Contact, which was the movie with Jodie Foster and Matthew McConaughey, which is a spectacular, spectacular movie, actually. Um, But I think you need evidence, right? So I I don't just believe things because it makes me feel good to believe things. Um, If we're to believe Sidney Powell, well, she's saying millions of votes. She's saying Trump won in a landslide. If you are to believe that, Well, you gotta show me the evidence. If you're telling me that Dominion is, she said, that they, uh, like a copy and paste thing, that you can actually pick votes from one candidate and put it in the other candidate, or you can put them in the trash like you would on your computer desktop. Well, if that's true, well then, if they can show us the proof, if there's a paper trail of it, then I would believe it. But I would put all that aside to say, I don't, I believe that we have widespread dishonesty in our media. So the fact that I don't trust anything that comes out basically of the main networks at, anymore, and I certainly don't trust CNN, and it's not even worth talking about MSNBC, because I don't trust any of that, it's very hard to figure out what is true. This is the reality war. This is where we're at. And, and you got to figure out who are the people that you think are making some sense within this, and then, and then figure out what seems right to you. Do I have any doubt that that if you were a group of people who believed that Hitler was in charge of the United States government, and that half the country were Nazis, do I have any doubt that you would do everything possible, including fraud and criminal activity, to stop Hitler from uh, making round two, right, from a second four years? Well, of course you would. Of course you would. And I think you could get a lot of them to privately admit that. If you really thought Hitler was in charge, if you really thought any of the crazy things that they've been saying. I don't even know that they believe those crazy things, but I think that maybe some of the foot soldiers do. So it it sort of depends on what your definition of widespread is, because you you wouldn't need it to necessarily be countrywide, right? We could just go to the swing states and do some stuff there. Does that count as widespread if it's only seven, uh, instead of 30 states, right? I don't know, it depends on your definition of widespread and orchestrated. Well, I, I do believe that there's a lot of organizations and I, you've seen the rotten corruptness and how BLM and Antifa are sort of tied together and all of these things and how many ways they are the ground troops for the DNC and the rest of it. So it's, it's hard to give you a complete answer on that. Um, but I think if you're not a conspiracy theorist a little bit right now, you're just not awake. It's as simple as that. Uh, Brent says, what are your thoughts on the Libertarian Party policies? Well, look, most of my beliefs are Libertarian beliefs. I I want limited government so you can do what is right for you. I want the government to make sure we've got borders. I want the government to make sure we've got uh, police and firefighters and and the roads are taken care of. Um, and, And some Libertarians will say that's even too much because, you know, there's ways to privatize all of those things. But I think that there's some basic, basic stuff that it's sort of a... Um, it's, an, it's a necessary evil in a way that you need, I think, to have a functioning society, especially when you're trying to, you know, you're trying to govern fi- uh, 350 million people, that you need some level of government. But do I think that the Libertarian Party has the ideas right? Do they take ideas seriously? Do they debate these things honestly? Do they believe in individual rights and states' rights? And are they most aligned with the founders of the United States? The answer to all of those things is yes. I would say that the Republican Party has obviously much more in common with that than the, than the Democratic Party, and that if you're a libertarian-minded person, And by the way, there's a split with libertarians right now. And you can see this. Austin Peterson, who's been on my show a couple times, who I think is a great libertarian thinker, um, he's sort of made the move to say, hey, no, you gotta support Trump then because he's governed in many ways as a libertarian. Now, did he cut budgets? No, and you want that to happen as a libertarian. But he did cut regulation. He did cut taxes. He did let the states manage a lot of the COVID stuff. So like... In certain way, I would argue that libertarian ideas are things that could flourish more in the Republican Party, and that would be a wiser move for libertarians, rather than really just running these these candidates that are not that great, that generally have no energy behind them, and that that get completely ignored by the mainstream media. So I do love the libertarian ideas, I will continue to talk to libertarians, I'll gladly continue to go to libertarian events. Um, and I find libertarians, by the way, to be totally nice and open and generous and good and all of those things. Um, but as a, as a movement, it's, this is just purely a strategy thing. Either we're gonna, we can do it alone, we can do it alone, or we can be more on the libertarian side of the conservative movement. That, that's what works for me. But if it, if it doesn't work for somebody, God bless you. Uh, Tony says, what's your all-time favorite Star Wars movie, any era? You know, I always go back to the original, but I will take a a different approach today, which is Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, one of the prequels. I think that that thing is pretty damn perfect. Order 66, eliminating the Jedi, the final move of Anakin going fully to the dark side. I love General Grievous as a character. I wish they could have fleshed him out a little bit more. Count Dooku also, although he's mostly in uh, Attack of the Clones, the movie before, um, you know, he should have been fleshed out a little bit more because he's such a good example of good and bad at the exact same time. He was trying to do good because he knew that that the, the Dark Lord of the Sith was in charge of the Senate. And then he started working with the separatists, but also had to do a lot of bad stuff there. So they needed to expand on some of that stuff more. But, but Sith, to me especially because you watch the Jedi completely fall, and in many ways because of their own doing and being confused by what Sidious was up to, it's a pretty perfect movie. And also seeing Palpatine and that, that fight between Palpatine and Yoda is awesome. The fight between Anakin and Obi-Wan is spectacular. And the way that they just linked everything else together, that, that was a heavy lift to do a series of prequels to something that is so, it's such lore, it's such like a piece of Americana, and have to still, you know, get some surprises in there, it ain't an easy lift, and I think they did a great job. Um, Logan, have you been in touch with Jordan Peterson? How's he doing? How are you doing? Most importantly, how is Clyde doing? Okay, uh, we'll do Jordan first. Uh, I've talked to Jordan a little bit here and there, and obviously, anything I've discussed with him, I, I'm, I can't discuss publicly um I, I hope we'll see more of him in the new year you know he did put up a video about a month or two ago um i think it's going to take a little time but he does have a new book coming out and he was working on it for for a long time uh you know originally jordan was supposed to write the forward for don't burn this book um but then with all his health stuff he, he was able to write a little blurb it, it was whatever he could do was we were thrilled to get that uh i love the guy he made my life better i know how important he is to, to so many of you and uh, you know, just, just keep him in your thoughts for now and, and he will be back. He, he will be back. It's just going to take a little time. How am I doing? I, you know, I'm pretty good. Look, the world is seriously weird right now. I feel like the things that I've been warning people about and talking about and really built this show around for all these years, I think these are the things that everyone's kind of thinking about now and it's kind of weird in a way like when the world catches up to you, right? So I see a lot of people now people that five years ago were telling me I was a crazy right-wing racist are suddenly like just repeating the same things that I'm saying now. And that's kind of weird. And I had an old writing friend in my stand-up days, my buddy Andrew, uh, who used to say to me, Dave, we're so ahead of the curve, we're behind it. And, and sometimes I feel like that a little bit um, because it's like I see so many people just saying things that I've said already, and I'm like, ugh, maybe more people listened, we wouldn't be here. But I would say, you're not really asking me that. You're asking me how I'm doing. Uh, I just had my my buddy John, who's my best childhood friend since I'm four years old. We met the first day of kindergarten. He was just here with, for a couple of days with his girlfriend, and we we had a great time and ate a ate a ton of food. I'm actually gonna try to cool it off a little bit this weekend because I'm feeling a little little heavier than usual. Uh, Clyde is great. He's a he's a one and a half year old or almost two now. Uh, boxer rescue little pit in there, and he's just he's a madman. Guy, he eats everything, he jumps on everything, he chews everything, we're, we're working on it. But I would say basically life around here is pretty good. I feel good about the work that I'm doing. I wake up and every day I have a ton to do and I love doing it. I just did Megan Kelly's podcast earlier, which will be up on Monday. I had a great conversation with her. Like, I get to talk to all sorts of interesting people. We've been hosting tons of dinners here. Yes, I have people at my house and they don't have to wear masks, it's our choice. Although if someone walked in with a mask and wanted to wear it, I would allow them. It's their choice. Um, so I would say life is pretty good. That being said, I haven't seen my family since the beginning of this lockdown. I've only traveled once. I was in Dallas last week. Um, and we're, we're, you know, we're not doing a full Thanksgiving the way we were. We're going to do some other thing with some friends and we're going to let people share the spoon and we might serve it buffet style. Um, so, you know, there's the general craziness of the world, but like, basically, I'm I'm pretty good in the midst of it. And I, I hope you are too. I hope you are too. I mean, I purposely, do this show designed in a way so that you don't feel worse after because i know when you turn on most things you feel worse after and i i hope you don't feel worse after this and if you do please stop watching uh wayne uh says traditional thanksgiving dinner i think he's asking me what are traditional thanksgiving dinner uh, david does an awesome turkey and he he's a seasoning master uh, and I, so I can't wait for the turkey. But he does. He does. You know, we do. We do traditional. Like we don't do that many crazy things. So they'll be. You know, you're going to get the stuffing. You're going to get the mashed potatoes. You're going to get. Uh, you're going to get the cranberry sauce. Um, I take care of the wine. I not only buy the wine, but I also serve the wine. And we'll, so we'll have some some really nice uh, wine there. And I just love Thanksgiving. I really do. And that's why. That's why I'm I'm sort of annoyed particularly, even though I'm, I'm doing well, as per the previous question, I, I'm, a, I'm particularly annoyed about what they're doing to us on Thanksgiving. If there was ever a year that we all needed to be around the table with family and friends and be thankful for what America is and what we have despite all the political craziness and COVID and anything else, like this is the year we kind of needed it. And that, that people are gonna be doing this over Zoom or some people will be alone or you won't be visiting your kids or your parents or your cousins, your friends. It's like, man, there will be hell to pay one day when we find out what these what these political leaders have, have put us through, uh, really only to expand their own power in the name of protecting us. And then they'll get their just desserts. Um, Lori says, curious about where you and David are in the family building process and what is your favorite must-have traditional uh, dish for Thanksgiving. So I am a stuffing guy. You give me a good stuffing. I am just, I could just have stuffing. I'm, I'm good to go. Uh, on the family front. Uh, all right. I was not, well, I wasn't expecting any of these questions, but I really wasn't expecting this one. Um, the sperm has met the egg. Uh, we are waiting to find out the embryo situation at the moment. We've got our surrogate lined up. This all could happen in the next couple of days. I could literally get a phone call today. Once we find out a little bit more information, but all our tests came out fine. The surrogates test, the egg donors test, our tests, all good. Um, I actually told Megan Kelly a really funny story about what happened the day we were going to deposit the sperm. So if you want to hear me talking about depositing sperm, that'll be Monday on Megan Kelly's podcast. Um, but, and then assuming it all goes well in the next couple of weeks, if my math's correct, uh, it looks like about nine months after that. And then I'll start aging rapidly and lose all my hair. So uh, that is what happens, I think, uh, from what I understand. Um, but yeah, we're, we're ready, we're looking forward to it. You know, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be an older father Assuming this all works out, and I believe it will. uh, I'm 44 now, so I'll be a 45-year-old first-time father. And I was just mentioning to you guys how my my buddy John was here. He's got a 21-year-old son already, so it's kind of funny. Like my my best friend is gonna have a 22-year-old son when I have a newborn. Like it's just like life is like life is a weird system of strange things happening at at different times. But uh, but as I talk about in the book, Jordan did move me on the on the child. Thing and, and David really wanted kids, and uh, I think it's time. we we'll, we shall see. Uh, Jay says, can we expect a post-election interview with Donald J. Trump? I think we can. Um, we were in talks to make it happen before the election, and then th- things were getting a little weird. It was also very hard to coordinate things with COVID, um, so you know it didn't happen then. But we are in touch with the campaign. I- I'd love th- I'd love for it to happen if he was still president. If he's not still president, I'd still love to talk to him. Uh, that might even be more interesting, but um, uh, you know, obviously I, my preference would be that he would be president. Uh, we shall see about that. But we're working on it, and, and he's got a good team around him, and obviously they get media. And you know, He gave me a couple shout-outs on Fox and Friends and on Twitter in the last couple weeks, so he is, he is well aware, and we did, we did meet that one time. I think you guys know that story. Um, to mainstream conservatives and classical liberals like you, Shapiro, Prager, and even Tucker need to do more to support and amplify voices of the dissident right, like Alex Jones, Paul Joseph Watson, and Ann Coulter? Um, that's a really interesting question. You know, I think one, one of my, it's not quite a regret, but I did have a sort of mea culpa on this that a couple years ago, probably about two years ago, when Alex Jones got booted from everything. Now, I've never, I was about to say, I've never talked to Alex Jones. I did do his show once when my Why I Left the Left video came out, I did, I was doing a lot of promotion and I did do that. That's the only time I've spoke to Alex Jones. and he, he, I've never had him on this show, and that was the only time I went on his show. Uh, I had Paul Joseph Watson on once. I haven't had Coulter on once, but I did have dinner in a, a group of people, and I, and I happened to like her. Um, but my one It's not quite a regret, but when Alex Jones got booted from all the things, remember it happened on like one day or within two days, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, God, they took him out. It was sort of just a digital assassination. I wish that we had spoken up more. When I say we, I mean the, the IDW, the Intellectual Dark Web Crew. You know, we were, we were doing the free speech thing and balancing between private platforms and, and what the government's allowed to do. And I think over the last year and a half, I've, I've made that point very well. I would much prefer that Alex Jones be on these things. And as long as he's not breaking the laws of the United States, then you just let it be. That's how I wish the platforms behaved. Um, but so the question is, do we need to do more to support and amplify the voices of the dissident right um, you know, it's funny, I, I put on a lot of people that are thought of as far right and dissident right and, and all of those things. So I don't know that I particularly have to do more. Um, I'm pretty sure, well, Ann Coulter's definitely been on Tucker a bunch. Um, you know, everyone, everyone carves their space. Everyone carves their space. I would have no problem uh, talking to, to any of those guys. I would say the Jones one presents a certain thing. Because then you could have the the platforms coming after you. This, by the way, is why I created Locals, and I know we just crossed a major threshold today at at RubenReport.com, and I'm thrilled that so many of you are there, and we're we're building something that I actually own, and I can communicate with you directly. Um, But, you know, Rogan obviously opens him up to a certain amount of risk when he puts Jones on, because they could just take him out, and what Spotify could do, and everything else. And everyone's everyone's trying to figure it out. Um, But I'm not opposed to having more of those conversations. Um, if this is uh, Victoria, if you could live anywhere in the U.S. that you felt best represented your classical liberal values, where would you live? Well, it would not be here, as I have said. I mean, L.A. obviously doesn't provide that. What it does provide you with is 78 to 82 degree weather every day, and it's just beautiful, and that's why you pay the high taxes and live with, around the crazy people. I, I suspect that, that when we leave California, because we will at some point, I've always liked Florida. I know it's almost a meme at this point, but I have always liked Florida. And I I like warm weather in general. I like a little humidity, you know, we don't get much humidity here. I like the people in Florida. I like the spirit of independence in Florida. You know, that's obviously very similar to Texas. And when I was in Dallas last week, I was with the Blaze guys and I hung out with some friends. And I I love that there too, but I never sort of really envisioned my life in Texas per se. I, I could see it in Florida and then probably get out of there for the summers because it's obviously pretty brutal in the summer. So I, I sense Florida is probably, uh, you know, somewhere closer closer to the beach, maybe a little more in nature, uh, we'll see. Um, Candace says, are you avoiding any family or friends for the holidays due to their views on politics? Um, look, I've been hinting at this. I, I'm having some family stuff related to my politics and that I'm a public person. I have, I have some family members not thrilled with me. I have. Friends that are not thrilled with me right now, it sucks. Um, I do my best, and I'm sure I'm not perfect, but I really do the best I can to make sure that relationships that I care about are not hampered by politics. I don't mind if people disagree with me. Um, I So as I said, we're trying to figure out our makeshift Thanksgiving thing right now. I know that some of the people that we will have over will not agree with me, and that's fine. That's fine. I had, we had two friends last week who were both Biden supporters. Not that that's really a thing, but they were just sort of anti, anti-Trump people. And that's just fine. It's like we put that stuff aside, you know? Like if we were in a healthy society, it wouldn't matter who the president is uh, that much. Uh, I'm being told that the drilling is gonna get pretty intense soon. So I'm gonna try to wrap this up somewhat soon. And uh, for those of you that I don't respond to, uh, I'll try to jump into the community and give you a text response. Um, this is Tina, what will be, what is the path forward if our election is stolen and America becomes a communist country? Listen, Tina, a lot of, what you're thinking is what a lot of people are thinking. I sort of addressed what I think is going to happen and, and how we need evidence and we have to go through the courts and all that. Um, but I, I, would, I would answer you broadly by saying, am I deeply worried? that big government authoritarianism is really on the horizon if Trump is gone, and the answer is yes. The answer is yes, and I will do everything I can to fight it, and I think, I hope you will do everything you can do to fight it as well. John says, what will Clyde be having for Thanksgiving? He will be under that table, head right in between my legs, trying to get turkey, and he will get turkey. Uh, Brandon. Uh, says, when will Americans stop talking about how hard it is to make viable moderate third party and actually do it? Everyday Americans are nowhere near as extreme as our extreme left and our extreme right pundits would have you believe. So I agree with that premise. And, uh, but as I said earlier, the question is, can you make, the Libertarian party would be the one functional one. They're more functional as dysfunctional as, as they are than the Green Party. So if the Green Party is the offshoot of the Dems, let's say, then you've got the Libertarians are the, are the offshoot of the Republicans. Um, I, can you make it work in this odd duopoly that we live in, in this situation where big tech is constantly pushing us to these things? I don't know that you can make it work. So as I said earlier, I, for me, the idea that I can keep pushing my beliefs, classically liberal views, libertarian views and that they can perhaps be incorporated a little more into the conservative side of things. That makes sense to me, but get at it, man. Brandon, make the party, like keep pushing or take over the Libertarian Party. It wouldn't take much. Ben says, did you hear about the Baby Yoda, about Baby Yoda being canceled for eating an alien frog egg? Yes. Baby Yoda on Mandalorian, which I'm watching, I'm not loving it by the way, it's just not that good. I keep wanting it to be better, and maybe if you show me Boba Fett, we got a little hint that he's gonna be around, and I'm hearing Ahsoka might jump in, then we got something, I'm not loving the show, but I am watching it, but Baby Yoda ate some eggs that were gonna be hatched for these frog people so that they could produce more frog people, and people were upset that Baby Yoda, in essence, was killing people. These are the same people, by the way, who love abortion, so boom, what are you gonna do? um, let's see, uh, what's David's Thanksgiving dish specialty. We, we, I mean, he's just, he's just an incredible chef. He's just truly an incredible chef. So we will, we will post, uh, plenty of pictures and Melanie, this is the last one for today. And I think I'm going to hold this for, uh, you know what? I'm going to hold this one, Melanie, because it's a really good one that, that would, I would love to tell a much bigger, broader story on, uh, about how I met David, when and where and all that stuff. So I'm going to hold that and we'll do something like more, maybe like closer to the holidays. I'll just start doing some more personal stuff and we'll we'll step away from uh, from the political craziness. Anyway, guys, uh, I hope you have a great weekend. I hope everybody is staying sane. And I don't like where people stay safe. You, everyone now says stay safe, stay safe. It's like, well, I'm, I am building a fence, so I guess I'll be a safe as possible, but I just hope you have a good weekend and, and you're not going crazy in the midst of all this. I hope you eat some good food. I, I hope you're around friends and family and all that good stuff. I got a bit of a hectic day for the remainder, so I'm gonna get out there and do some things. That's it. Don't forget to subscribe, obviously, to the YouTube channel and uh, jump over to RubenReport.com and, and see what we're building with locals. I think I think you'll really be impressed and it. It's a way of fighting back big tech, which is a whole other problem that we will continue to deal with. All right, thanks everybody. Have a great weekend.